Hi, and thanks for checking out our City Reach Philly podcast from wherever you are listening. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message. Once again, I just want to welcome you to City Reach Church. We're honored, honored to have you. And last week, uh, a dear friend of ours, uh, Jermel, was here for two services. How many enjoyed uh, having Jermel here? He'll be back, I promise. People are like, when is he coming back? I said, he just left. He just left. And I told him, I said, you're in high demand, Jermel. So uh, always uh, good to have family in the house. And, uh, and so, you know, a few weeks ago, I, I, I started a, a sermon series entitled, The Kingdom Lies Within. The kingdom lies within you, it lies within me. And I, could, I can say that because Jesus said it. Jesus said, Luke chapter 17, he says this, Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God doesn't come with observation, nor will they say, see here or there, for indeed the kingdom of God is within you. It's inside of us. And, and over the last few weeks, before Jermel got here, we were talking a little bit of what that looks like and how Jesus was sharing this biblical truth with the Pharisees, uh, those people who were uh, very educated in the law, and they were always putting pressure on people to follow all the religious laws. Well, Jesus sees beyond their religious spirit, and he, and he reveals his kingdom uh, to them. And I'll tell you that he wants to reveal his kingdom to you as well and to me. And so we've been talking about what does that kingdom look like? We just sang a little bit about that. Your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what Jesus told us to pray. On earth as it is in heaven. It's the the prayer when the disciples asked Jesus, how do we pray? And, and Jesus said that, but how do we discover that kingdom? I'll tell you, part of you, because there's a role you play, is that you have to want it. You have to want this. This isn't for people to say, eh, if God wants to do it, he'll do it. I, I know I, I can say that because I've said that in the past. Eh, if God wants to do it, he'll do it. God will do it when you want it. <laughs> you, you play a role in this. So if we just come to church on Sunday, and hey, I'm glad you're here. Honestly, I am. But if we just make that a habit and a routine, and it's just something like check the box, we're not going to discover his kingdom in its fullness. Jesus says you have to seek in order to find. He says you have to knock in order for that door to be opened. Again, you play a role in discovering his kingdom. And so if you want him and you want the kingdom... You want to experience heaven on earth, there has to be a passion in you. And sometimes God will even corner us. He'll corner us to a place where we have nowhere else to turn, and he kind of forces us to seek him. Has anybody ever been there? When you get to a place like, oh, there's nowhere to go now. And all you can do, you can look to the right, you can look to the left, you can look, but eventually you got to look up. And so this message of kingdom, it was about hope healing. It was about authority, about dominion. It was about power. And it was about heaven on earth. And Jesus even said, I must preach the kingdom of God. He says, why? Because for this purpose, I have been sent. And so that's right. Another reason Jesus came down was to, so that you and I would experience the kingdom of God in our lives. And so here, I know I say this all the time, but I always continue to say it. The biblical principles that we teach here and the Bible teaches, 
That's how we start to discover the kingdom of God. When we start to honor, walk in humility, excellence, obedience, and generosity. And I've been saying those and I'll continue to say them. But as we begin to live out these principles, the Holy Spirit begins to reveal the kingdom that Jesus was talking about. There's two kingdoms, and I know y'all was here two weeks ago, but I'm going to say it again. I need y'all to get this because where we're going, we need to understand this. Two kingdoms that we're exposed to every day. The kingdom of darkness, and it's going to be over here. And the kingdom of heaven, and we're going to say that's over here. The kingdom of darkness, again, very familiar with it. It's the one that surrounds us all the time. It's the one that tries to strangle us, control us, limit us. It's the one that keeps us from walking in faith. That's over here. We're used to this. We walk in there all the time. This kingdom of darkness is about sweat equity. It's according to how much you sweat. And I also said this about the kingdom of darkness is as you do, then you become. So you have to do a lot over here in order to become something. Anybody getting this? And this kingdom of darkness is very limited because it's limited to addi- addition and subtraction. Just two plus two is four. Four plus four is eight. It's limited. And you could only bear fruit or you could only grow according to the amount of sweat that you pour into this soil. And so over here, man, if you work hard, you're going to get some stuff. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. You're going to get results because you work hard. But it's limited. Over here in the kingdom of heaven, again, it doesn't cancel this kingdom. It supersedes that kingdom. It, it, it overshadows that kingdom. But we have to choose. This one you're born into, this one you have to choose it. Again, you play a role in experiencing the kingdom. So you got to want this one. But this one isn't about your sweat. It's about the blood of Jesus. It's about the blood of Jesus. Instead of, instead of doing to become something, as you get to know him, you become something, someone. It's about getting to know him because in the end, it's all about him. We breathe because of him. We walk because of him. We exist because of him. It's all about him, so we might as well get used to it. This one isn't about your hustle or your grit. It's about your faith. It's about Coming over here and just believing, sometimes that's the hardest thing to do. Sometimes it's the hardest thing for us to do is to trust and believe. But that's what this kingdom has everything to do with. And this one isn't about addition and subtraction. It's about multiplication. It's not 2 plus 2 is 4 or 4 plus 4 is 8. It's 4 plus 4 is 16. 10 plus 10 is 20. But in multi- and this, over here is 10 plus times 10 is 100. So it's about multiplication. It's about exponential multiplication. Again, it's not about your hustle, and it goes beyond what you can see. So whatever you can see in this kingdom, it goes beyond that. I tell people, whenever you give God your dreams, I don't care how big they are, when you lay your dreams at the feet of Jesus and you do it sincerely, those dreams become little in comparison to the dreams that God has for your life. But again, this is about believing. It's about faith. Faith 
is what activates the kingdom of God in your life. I'm going to say that again. Faith. Faith. It's what activates the kingdom of God in your life. When you start to speak in faith, it activates the kingdom. So if you speak death, then you live over here. If you're always negative, then you're going to reap negativity. If everything is lost, there's no way to go forward, then you're living in the devil's playground. Because that's what he's about. He's about death. He's about homicide. He's about killing you and, and not just you, but take some other people with you. So if you're speaking death, then I, I, I'm not saying this to offend anybody, but this is where you're living. And I could preach it because I've lived here most of my life. But when you come over here, you're speaking life. And when you start to speak life, it takes faith because you don't see it. So you got to speak it. And as you begin to speak faith and life, then life is multiplied. All of a sudden, you take somebody who's dead over here and you place them over here. And all of a sudden, they, de- they just begin to believe just a little bit. And they start to speak life. All of a sudden, some things start to multiply around them. You say, how did that happen with him? Because he was dead. You know why? Because he's not living in that negative world of death and destruction and poverty, that cursed life that the enemy wants us to live in. When God says, I sent my son so you can could live and live abundantly. I don't know if anybody in here is ready to walk in faith. Anybody who walk in faith just a little bit, just a little. You, it ain't, it ain't got to be a whole lot of faith. Don't complicate it. Don't complicate it. But your words matter. They matter in this kingdom and they matter in this kingdom. So if you're saying, if you heard words that said you'll never amount to anything, you're not good enough, then you're just going to live here. But if you say no, you say, I'm amazing because God made me. I'm powerful because I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. Uh, When you start to speak life, it activates the kingdom of God. It obligates God to move on your behalf. So sometimes we're waiting, God, please, would you just show up? Look at me. Look at my situation. And he said, oh, I've been here the whole time. Can you just believe? I never left. I never left. You've been crying for too long. Stand up and believe that I am who I say I am. And when you begin to believe that he is who he says he is, he's obligated to move some mountains on your behalf. I'm telling you, he wants to move those mountains more than you want them moved. He's going to do great things if you let him. More often than not, we say things over ourselves that were said over us. I'm not good at anything. I'll never be anything. Why do we say that? Because somebody said it over us and we received that word. You can have the most beautiful guy or girl in the world. They could think they're ugly because it was said over them. And you can have the ugly duckling over here. But they believe they, they it. Oh, yeah, I'm beautiful today. Look in the mirror. Woo! Everybody want to look like me. It's in the mind. 
That's why we need to renew the mind daily. Let me tell you, little kids don't walk around. Little kids do not walk around saying, oh, somebody else could do it better. Kids say, I could do it. I could do it. Why? Because they haven't received that cursed vocabulary over their lives. Their spirit is still alive and well. That's why the kids are, what, the kingdom, he says. They are the kingdom. Sometimes we got to go back and, and be like little kids. I could do it. I could do it. Oh, send me. Send me. I don't know how, but I know I could do it. He's looking for some children. Oh, 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 he's looking for some children to start functioning and operating in the kingdom. He's not trying to look for all the schooled people. Kids believe until someone kills that belief over them. I'm telling you, stop agreeing with failure. Don't speak it over yourself. Don't speak it over your home. Don't speak it over your family, your finances, your marriage, your parents. Don't speak negativity because it will come to pass because this kingdom is listening to you. When someone says something to you, you have every right to say, I disagree with that. And I don't receive it. You could do it. If it's a parent, you tell them with love. So I'm not going to receive that, Pop. I used to receive that yesterday, but I don't receive that no more. Because I'm a child of God. Because I'm a son of God. I, I am your son, but I got, a, I got a, a bigger father in heaven, right? We do it in respect and in honor. But at some point, whatever was said over, you need to cancel that. You need to cancel it so you can experience multiplication. Somebody saying something over you and you don't like it. It could be a boss. You could, when the conversation, you tell them, that is not me. Maybe I have not been given testimony, but I'm going to start giving testimony because that's not me. I'm not lazy. I'm not late to work because I live in this kingdom, so I honor my job. I honor my place. I don't, I don't care what, how bad the place is. I'm going to be here on time. I don't care how much I don't like it. I made a commitment to be here. I don't care if everybody hates me in this place. He loves me, and he's going to take me out when it's time. Stop complaining about it because then you just stay over here. If you would just honor that place, he'll take you out. He'll say, I made you to multiply. I made you to live and not die. Man, if they say that to you, walk away. You have that right. Today, Jesus is inviting us to be part of his kingdom. But let's consider the father of the faith. Since we know that the, the, the currency over here is faith. It's faith. Over here the currency is faith. It's not your history. It's not your story. It's not your background. It's not your education. It's none of that. It's faith he's looking for. Faith pleases him, the Bible says. And Genesis chapter 12 says this. It's God having a conversation with his son. He says, and the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country. Leave your relatives. Leave your family's father. Your fa father's family. Let's read that. And go. Says, the Lord says to Abram, leave your country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I'll make you into a great nation. And he gives them all these promises. You can read it. Because i got to get somewhere. <laughs> Abraham's living the good life. Comfortable. At home. Has everything he wants. 
beautiful wife, great family, but he's living the good life. How many, how many say this and say, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. I say it all the time. People ask me, you good, Pastor? Oh, I'm good. He didn't create us to be good. He created us to be great. Not just good, but great. So when they say, say, so he was living good, Abram's, and all of a sudden God begins to call him, Abram, Abram, just like he's calling some of y'all today, Abram, Abram, he's calling him, and all of a sudden, Abram makes the best decision he could ever make, and he finally says, yes, it's the best thing you could ever say when God calls. Not if, how, ooh, uh, you say, yes, yes, God. You could give him all the excuses over here, but that's living in darkness. When he calls, you say, I don't care what I'm going through, yes, yes. Go ahead and say no and you'll miss it. Yes, he says. It's that surrender to Jesus. So that's the first key, he says yes. I'm going to give you four keys. The second key, after he gave him the yes, is this happens. When you truly give your yes to God, you're giving God legal authority to start revealing the kingdom to you. So we got to give God some legal authority. There's some rules that God set in place. God is not going to reveal the kingdom to you until you give him a yes. He needs your permission he gives us that choice, that will. He needs your permission in order to reveal the kingdom to you. So the second thing is we say, first is we give him our yes. The second one, the second one is legal right to our life and to our hearts. And that's what Abraham does. So he says yes, and he says now, God says now, the second key is now I can start flowing through you. I can start flowing through you on earth. That means it's a lifetime of surrendering to God. That's what that yes means. And so it gives God that legal right for you to start flowing in the kingdom. He'll start to flow through your words. Your words begin to change. The way you walk begins to change because now you're not living in darkness no more. Now your actions are changing. Now your purpose just grew. All of a sudden, you can see some destiny in your future when here all you can see was the next day, maybe your paycheck and all the bills. It doesn't mean that they go away here. What happens over here is you could see over them instead of them seeing over you. I see those things become a burden. And when we come over here to the kingdom, all of a sudden, those burdens start getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And I'll never forget a young lady. I think she's here. And I asked her one day, why do you come to this church? And she said, I don't know. I just know that when I come here, my problems get smaller. But then God starts to challenge Abram. He starts to challenge him. He starts to give him some promises. And now God and Abram are in a relationship of friendship. The Bible says he was a friend of God. But that friendship gets deeper and deeper. And that's what Abram wants. He wants first your yes, and then he wants friendship. He wants relationship. That relationship, he speaks to us through his word. He speaks to us through nature if we would just stop and listen. But he begins this, uh, this relationship with God. And all of a sudden, Abraham can understand and recognize his voice. 
better and better. And that's what happens. When we have this relationship with God, all of a sudden we can recognize his voice and we can discern whether it's the voice of the kingdom or the voice of darkness. A lot of times we're in limbo. We're right in the middle because we're so used to this voice that it attracts us. You can't do it. Oh, no. You can't do it. Mom couldn't do it. Dad couldn't do it. Grandpa couldn't do it. So what makes you different? You need to know and recognize that voice. God gives him these promises. I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you. I'll make you famous, he says. He says, you'll be a blessing to others. I'll bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. He says, all the families on earth will be blessed through you. He gives them these, these promises to Abram. You're going to be influential. You're going to be wealthy. I'm going to exceed your wildest dreams. I need you to obey. You know that when... When Abraham, when Abra, he gets his name changed along the way, but when Abraham gets to Canaan, the land that God gave him, you know how many, how many acres it was? It was 36 million acres he gave Abraham. Amen. <laughs> Amen. 36 million acres. The, the, the God kept his promise. But I'm going to give you the third key. I talked about it already. It's faith. It's faith. It's faith. It's faith. It's how we access God's kingdom through faith. I'm going to say that again. We access his kingdom through faith. So we don't have to pray anymore. I was here two weeks ago at prayer in the morning on Saturday with the men. And the men were praying here. And I'm not sure what they were praying. But I was in the back and the Holy Spirit said, you know how they're praying? They're praying like beggars. He said, you might as well give them a cardboard. So they can stand there and beg. And I stopped the prayer and I came up and I'm like, I don't know about y'all, but I'm not a beggar. I'm a son. I'm a son. Get that cardboard. We ain't, please, God, please, God, please, God. No. My sons don't beg me. They demand. Say, God, you say you're, I'm a son, so you're going to provide. Oh, I, oh, it, oh, it pleases God so much when we pray like that. I don't, I don't care what happened last time. I know you're going to show up. And we start using the word when we pray. Because your word says you'll never leave me. You'll never forsake me. And it obligates for him to open closed doors for you. Or you can sit over here like a beggar. Oh, I'll never make it. The last key, and I'll go over the keys real quick, but the last key is this. You got to leave. See, we all put this on our Facebook. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I do it too. Let's go. Let's go. You can't go until you leave. You can't go on vacation until you leave the house. There's some things you got to leave. There's an old identity that you have to leave if you want to go. Put that verse back up there, please. It says move, but it should be leave. That's all right. Put the verse. It says what? Leave your country. Why? Because that was a culture that he had to get away from. That was a culture he had to leave because he was too comfortable there. And sometimes we get comfortable in our own vomit. That's trash over there. 
That's trash over there. God help me. I don't want to live there no more, God. She says, leave. Leave your country. Leave your relatives. There's some relationships. It ain't that we're going to hate them. It ain't that we're going to despise them. But there's some things we got to leave. There's some relationships. Oh, no, I, I don't do that no more. Oh, God, I don't do that no more because he's so good to me. If you would just see, if you just understood, I can't go to that club no more. I don't need to go to that Santero no more because I found the real thing. There's some people, some places, and some things that we got to leave. There's some vocabulary and some way, ways that we talk to our children, to our husbands, to our wives, to everybody that needs to stop so that we can go. Because we want to go to the kingdom on earth, but we got to leave. We got to leave. We got to leave. He says, he says, leave your country. Leave your relatives, your father's family, and then you can go. You need to ask him, Dad, what do I need to leave? Who do I need to leave? Because maybe it works for somebody else, but it ain't going to work for you. Just because somebody else didn't leave it doesn't mean that you're not supposed to leave it. Oh, but it worked for them. I don't know about you, but I want to go. I'm ready to go. How many are ready to go? Can we stand in this place today? Can we stand in this place? Can we, can we honor the king just for, just for 10, 20, 30 seconds because he's so amazing? Oh, we honor you. King of kings, King Jesus, you alone are worthy. You alone are worthy. You alone are worthy. Give up your yes today. Can we close our eyes? I don't know where you are on your journey if you got to give him your yes or you got to give him legal right or you got to start walking in faith or perhaps you just got to leave some stuff. I don't know where you are, but I know we're all in a place. Whew. Holy Spirit of God, can we just close our eyes? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for your word, which is a double-edged sword. It cuts, God. It cuts, God, right where we need to be cut. So I thank you for what you're doing in your sons and your daughters, those who recognize they are sons and daughters, and those who have yet to recognize it. You're doing it, God. You're doing it, God. So with every eye closed, I'm going to count to three. And if God has truly been speaking to you, I just need you to raise your hand. That's it. One, two, three. Just raise your hand all over the room. Yes. Yes. Can we all raise our hands with our brothers and sisters? All of us so they don't feel alone. 
I'm going to pray over you, and then I'm going to invite you to come forward. Those who feel like it's their day today. Those who know that, okay, it's time to leave. Those who know, like, it's time to really give them my yes. It's time to stop messing around with all that childish stuff that gets me nowhere. So, Heavenly Father, I thank you for your sons. I thank you for your daughters. I thank you, God, for your sacrifice on that cross, God, which gives us access to your kingdom here on earth, right now, here on Torresdale Avenue, because you are faithful, because you are merciful, because there's none that compares to you. You get all the glory. You get all the glory. And I thank you, God, for what you're stirring in their hearts and their minds, God that their vocabulary, their conversations would change, God. We'll begin to speak life, life, and not death. And I declare this over your church in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening this week. We hope you enjoyed the message. Please subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or whatever podcast platform you listen on. Have a blessed week.